Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Go for women's basketball over Norfolk State yesterday, 74-43. Go for men's basketball, host New Orleans tonight at 6 o'clock. Wild at Nashville. We'll see if we can get a win streak going here uh, after their first win, after that seven-game win streak. Uh, they won on Tuesday, and they're at, at at Nashville at 7 o'clock tonight. Wolves host Utah at 7 o'clock at Target Center. Well, high school basketball season is tipping off, and the shot clock is now in play. Joining us now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Eric Martins, Minnesota State High School League Executive Director. Good morning, Eric. What kind of, you know, this has been in play for a while that you guys were kind of getting people prepared for this. What kind of uh, reaction have you gotten from coaches and players, teams looking into this season with the addition of the shot clock? I think there's a great bit of excitement. Uh, there's there's obviously a lot of energy. Uh, in fall of 21, we approved the shot clock to come into the league starting in the 23 season for all teams. Um, but some some teams and some conferences have been doing this for the last couple of years already. So we've learned an awful lot. Uh, and at the same time, we've got a number of schools that are new to it. And so I, I think there's certainly excitement around it. I think there's some learning that's going on. Uh, you know, our, our reporting from our schools say, really, we probably see the, the shot clock violated maybe one to two to three times a game. Um, it doesn't come into play an awful lot, but we'll often see it at the end of a half or at the end of a, a contest um, if it's close, uh, that, that we'll notice that folks will try to hold the ball a little bit longer, things like that, if they're trying to manage to get a win. And, uh, and that's where we start to see it. Um, and I think that our schools are doing a really good job and our officials are working really hard at it. I know uh, uh, Mike McDonald, the Cambridge Isanti boys coach, was very much in for, the, for this, the addition of the shot clock. And, and he even went on to say, I just I read an article that uh, instead of fouling and putting people on the line, the end of the game will become less choppy. Yeah, I think, I think it allows for the offense to have to continue to, uh, to operate in an offensive set and look for a shot and, and get a shot off within 35 seconds. And so uh, that, that team on defense does not have to come out and, and have to foul intentionally to try to get them to the line. Uh, I think it does make it safer at the end of the game, and oftentimes that will, that will mean we might see a shot clock violation late in a contest. But generally the, the game is a pretty up-tempo game right now, uh, and so our, our students are, are used to that. That's how they like to play the game. Um, and so I do think it can have some real benefits for, for the end of contest again uh, as we go forward. What is it like for that person who's running the clock? Is that person a school employee, an official, a volunteer? How, how does that work and, and how will that be in play as this begins now with this basketball season? 
most typically at our high schools, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have individuals that run the scorebook on a regular basis, and this is probably going to be you know one of those community members that sees this as a valued opportunity to be courtside, uh, but also to be part of the game. Um, and so there's a little bit of training that goes into that. Uh, oftentimes they're gonna get you know maybe free passes for the for the year as a volunteer, or they're going to be paid you know, an hourly rate to do those those kinds of things. But we do ask them to, to spend some time. And there's a great video on our website that anybody can take a look at that really talks about the specifics on the shot clock. And just a little bit of any time the ball changes possession, it's going to be a 35-second reset. Um, or if there's fouls in the backcourt in 35 seconds, once the team has the ball in the front court, if there's fouls or missed shots and the offense gets it back, then the reset goes to 20 seconds. So there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of science that needs to be learned there in terms of which one of those resets we do. Um, but those folks will pick it up quickly, and I think it'll become relatively second nature for them quickly. And speaking of officials, how are you doing for winter sports? I know that's been a struggle with all seasons. Yeah, within our within our uh, fall championships, a lot of a lot of asking folks to sign up and to get involved and. We're seeing our numbers at or a touch above the last couple of years, but we are always looking for quality officials, folks that want to join in and, and uh, officiate our games. Uh, our, our schools have come to learn that uh, they have to be creative in their scheduling to be able to, uh, to, be able to obtain officials for all of the contests. Uh, but generally, we're doing well, uh, and we continue to grow just ever so slightly, and we, we'd love to see more come in and, and be a part of the great work. We got boys hockey ready to go, girls hockey already underway. What uh, is the high school league's position on the neck guards after what happened to Adam Johnson uh, overseas? With the he passed away after getting a skate uh, slicing his throat. Yeah, a really tragic, tragic outcome there um, for Adam, and, and feel terrible for him. And you know, we continue to to monitor and have conversations here. The stance right now with the National Federation on high schools is is the one that the state high school league uses, and that is that uh, those safety uh, apparatuses around the neck are recommended, but not required. Uh, that is the same in USA Hockey as well. Uh, and I think one of the biggest reasons for that is that. At this time, uh, there's a struggle to find uh, adequate uh, equipment, and also there isn't any certified specific guard that's out there. Uh, and as you know, with like football helmets, there's a significant certification process as to uh, safety equipment. And so uh, we want our families to make really good choices uh, for their sons and daughters when they're playing hockey um, and to take a look at ways in which they can remain as safe as possible uh, and continue to, to pay attention. And we see some more states that have said, yes, this is going to be required. Um, Minnesota's not there yet at this time, um, but anticipate that we're going to see a lot more neck guards uh, here as the season goes on within the state of Minnesota. I'm sure. I'm sure people will choose to do that. It was also good to see that that uh, Holy Angels player was back walking again after he was injured. Uh, what a relief to see that. Yeah, great, great news. Uh, we know that our, our sports are really active and there's contact at times. Unfortunately, there's injuries and, and we're always looking for great outcomes and great to see him back on the seat and, and out early compared to what the projections were and just wish him and, and all others who have sustained injuries a, a great healing and recovery process. Uh, and just real quickly, that prep bowl, my goodness, those games, were you on the edge of your seat? Thanks for bringing that up. I know that wasn't the topic, but, you know, I think we're still kind of flying high. Uh, seven contests and four of them down to one score and multiple games coming down to the last minute. Um, and it ends on a, on a fourth down play in overtime on the last play of the tournament. And, uh, yeah, super exciting, and uh, we had the most fans in our prep bowl uh, that we've had since the first year that U.S. Bank opened when a lot of folks wanted to see the stadium as well. Uh, just outstanding competition. Our stu- schools do a great job. Our officials do a great job, and 
the kids put it all out there and just a lot of great competition there and throughout our entire fall season. So super exciting. And, and we're really looking forward to a great start here to the winter season. Uh, you know, you mentioned a few of them and we bring in wrestling and dance and uh, skiing and uh, boys swimming and just on and on we go with uh, great opportunities for our kids throughout the state. There's nothing like high school sports. And even as I get farther and farther away with my kids way out of high school, I just love it. Love watching it. The heart and soul of this state is in those high school teams, which is fun. Yeah, we love it, too. And uh, we're in every community in the in the state of Minnesota. And uh, and we just appreciate all of our fans and our community support for, for the student athletes that participate. Good deal. Eric, good to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Eric Martins, Minnesota State High School League Executive Director, getting excited for the winter sports season. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.